Through family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, who hangs in there, especially during times when our faith is sorely tested, when it is a time of a desperate faith. Amen. Up till now, in chapter 7, according to St. Mark's account of Jesus' ministry, everywhere Jesus churns, He finds human need. Right out of the chute in verse 1, chapter 1 of Mark, it leads us right into seeing a man at church who has an unclean spirit. Fancy that. Lepers and paralytics, blind and bleeding, all of this gradually evolving into a cast of thousands who follow Jesus wherever He goes. People who wanted what He could do for them, but who remain blind to who He is. He's exhausted. He's preached out. He's prayed out. He's peopled out. And so Jesus heads north from Galilee today, what we might call Lebanon, for some Labor Day R&R, to Sidon and Tyre, which is biblical code for pagan land. Jesus tries to hole up in a house, but someone blows his cover. For there's a knock at the door, and outside stands a woman from the area, a mother, a Syrophoenician woman, who pleads for her daughter's healing. Perhaps she knows it's a long shot, for Jesus is a Jew, she's a Gentile. She's a woman in a patriarchal culture. She's interrupting, he's exhausted. But she falls at Jesus' feet, only she says something quite shocking up to this point we in will Jesus have a time ministry. of silence for reflection we and will have a time between a scream we will have and a, a time cry, of silence for reflection followed with a by desperate our human faith lord please help my little girl now note how she begins her address lord this word that speaks of a universal scope we will but have then, a time of silence for reflection. If we look at Matthew's account of this story, she even addresses him as son of David, which is a particular title, a title reserved only for the Messiah, the title Jesus' own people, especially the Pharisees and scribes, have denied him. But then Jesus says something even more shocking in response to her, one that's seemingly downright rude. Jesus says, let the children first be fed. That is the children of Israel whom he had been sent into the world. For it is not right, he continues, to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. That is to you, lady, and all of you Gentiles. Ouch. You see, Jesus is drawing a line here, surely as if he himself had stooped down and drawn a line in the dust at his feet. But this amazing woman will not stay on her side of the line. Jesus has dismissed her, but she will not be dismissed. She's desperate for the sake of her daughter. 
She's gotten her foot in the door before Jesus can close it on her face and shows no sign of leaving before he's given of his very self. She parries with Jesus, like the beautiful protagonist Portia in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice, or some other heroine who perseveres until her dying breath. She's desperate. She doesn't care if Jesus is going somewhere else. She's desperate. She doesn't care if he's busy. She's desperate. She doesn't care if she's a Gentile and he's a Jew. She's desperate. Doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Only one thing. My daughter is ill, and I won't give up. And so comes a line of faith breaking all boundaries of ethnicity, gender, and race. That in some kind of humble yet persevering way, Jesus has inspired this response in her where she says, Oh, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's bread. In Luther's German Bible, this, oh, yes, or the word doch, at once acknowledges what Jesus has said and yet puts a slight spin of contradiction on it as if to say, yes, indeed, or precisely. And do you know, Jesus, what you just said? We would do well to read Matthew's account of the same scene in Matthew chapter 15, where this woman calls it the master's table from which the crumbs fall. She's saying, well, at least we're in the same household under the master's table, even if a dog. For if she's a dog, she's his puppy dog. And it can't be ill with us if we stand, but even in the lowest relation to Jesus. You might say she's rather churned the tables on him. Now, do you think that maybe, just maybe, Jesus had a big smile on his face, prompted by her witty and feisty faith, and for the first time in history, he perhaps used a popular expression, you go, girl for her amazing faith. In a similar spirit, Martin Luther, in his usual earthy and winsome observation on life, shared the following comment at table with his students. Luther said, oh, if I could only pray the way my dog, Topol, watches the dinner table, now look at him. All his thoughts are concentrated on a single piece of bread. Otherwise, he has no thought, wish, or hope. Just his desperate eyes focused, drooling on this one piece of bread. So writes Luther. You see, the line Jesus had initially drawn between himself and the young mother now disappears. And you can almost hear the huge wheel of history beginning to churn and open wider as Jesus' word of healing goes forth. O woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you so desire. And her daughter is healed instantly. 
And thus Jesus is no longer Messiah called to be the one to the lost sheep of Israel, but now God's Redeemer for all the world, for all the world, Jews and Gentiles alike, beginning with this Syrophoenician woman. Faith works almost like a lever here for Jesus, opening his arms wider and wider until there's room for the whole world in them, until he allows them to even be nailed upon a cross, the cross which is the fulcrum that would soon move the boulders of sin and death that seek to keep people outside God's embrace of God's forgiving grace and, and love and the lie that, well, there's just not enough. And so at the heart of our gospel text for this morning is the matter of a desperate faith. When something so fixes your energy, your attention, your whole being, so that nothing else matters, not the danger, not the risk, not what anyone thinks, just one thing is the sole concern of your life. It's urgent, it's immediate, it's everything. This is to be desperate. Now, I don't wish this kind of desperation on anyone. I mean an arm-flinging, screaming, knocking on every door desperation. But I do hope you'll forgive me if I say I hope everyone here this morning feels a little desperation deep down in your soul. I mean hands folded, bended knees, knocking on heaven's door kind of desperation. Because you know what desperation does for us? It trims our lives of all the excess junk. And then only one thing becomes important. Not a car or house that becomes rusty or old or clothing where moth and rust consume, but the bread of heaven. This is my body, says Jesus again to you this day, as you come with open hands and he fills it with his very self for forgiveness, for new life. Friends and family, is it okay if I wish today that the Lord would stir up in your hearts to be more desperate, more desperate for God, for His justice and mercy, for a closer walk with the Lord, for God's gracious care and forgiveness in our all-too-complacent and spiritually flat culture, anesthetized by all the creature comforts, Oh, that we would be desperate enough to suddenly realize that there's a lot in our lives that's just plain garbage and that our priorities are sadly messed up. Is it all right that I pray that everyone here sometimes gets desperate enough so that a lot of other things just don't matter, like this Syrophoenician woman? Finally, where did this woman get such an amazing Yes, even desperate faith. Human logic would tell us something like this. If we're hungry, then surely somewhere there's bread. If you're longing for God, then surely God is it out of the hunger and the depths. We can stave off the hunger, eat enough candy and junk food, but we'll still be hungry by sundown. However, tucked like a sweet spot in this rather at times sour exchange is where the bread is not only coming from, but it tells us for whom. It's a divine logic tucked there in verse 27. 
heard of him. This woman of a desperate faith came to Jesus in the beginning because she'd heard of him. The word was out, and her hearing of faith is why she persevered in clinging to Jesus in spite of everything. Out of this hearing, faith come into this woman. For if she had not believed, she would not have so pursued him. So friends and family, claim this word. Proclaim this word. Just as bread or even cake must be broken in order to be given, so too our lives. Amen.